Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing! You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Patricia Elsie Tuttle, and dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to read through this thing called My Backlist. This is episode number 267 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple backlist titles that I'm excited to share with you. Hi everyone, how's it going? I am really excited to share that my wife and I have finally taken the time to make our own pasta. We've skipped right past the sourdough stage of this apocalypse. I love any excuse to crack open Marcella Hazan's cookbook. I think the one we have is Marcella's Italian Kitchen. I inherited it from my aunt. She is my go-to for Italian cooking from pasta to gelato, and she has some capital O opinions on making your pasta by hand, and I was in tears of laughter when I read the multiple pages on making pasta from scratch. I've also been making good use of the perfect cookie book from America's Test Kitchen. I made a batch of cookies that are basically like brownies in cookie form, and I am obsessed. These aren't even my backlist book picks, but I'll put them in the show notes anyway. Before I get to my actual picks, let's hear from today's sponsor. Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing! For my first pick, I chose How We Get Free, Black Feminism and the Combahee River Collective, edited by Kianga Yamada Taylor. The Combahee River Collective, aka the CRC, was a phenomenal group of radical black feminists and one of the most important organizations to develop from the anti-racist and women's liberation movements of the 1960s and 70s. They are perhaps most well-known for the Combahee River Collective Statement, which was a stark contrast to the popular feminist movement, which was racist, and the popular civil rights movement, which was riddled with sexism and homophobia. Black feminism has had a resurgence within the past few years as a framework, and I would argue the necessary framework for social justice analysis and social justice movements. It is to look at the oppression of queer black women, both cisgender and transgender, and in a way focus on the justice for those of us in this group. We cannot free black women without freeing all women along the way, as well as black men. We cannot free queer black people and trans black people without freeing all queer and trans people along the way. If we focus on those of us that are in the intersection of all these identities, we actually touch everyone. 
This book starts with a necessary introduction, especially for those who have never heard of the Combahee River Collective. Then it has the CRC statement in its entirety before having interviews with founding members of the CRC, Barbara Smith, Beverly Smith, Demita Frazier, as well as some contemporary activists, Alicia Garza and Barbara Ransby. This book is next level. I went into it reading one book and I came out of it realizing there are dozens more books that it has pointed me towards. Every interview hit me with information that blew my dang mind. I was reminded once again that the space between what I think I know and what I actually know and what there is to know is very expansive. This small book, it's under 200 pages, discusses so much with both fire and candor from socialism to history to Beyonce to academia to reproductive rights to domestic violence and so much more. One part that absolutely made my brain explode and ascend was when, I believe it was Demita Frazier, talks about how we typically think of affirmative action. That Black people are improved and made competent by affirmative action because we gain proximity to white people and white institutions. Instead, she posits that it's the institutions that are improved because they are trying to combat the effects of white supremacy and Black people have always been competent regardless of our proximity to others. I was listening to this on audiobook, and I swear when I heard this part, I just paused it and stared at the wall for five full minutes, like just to even try to process this information. This is one of the many books that I recommend when reading and educating yourself about race and anti-racism. And it's not just one and done. It's a never-ending process. Again, this book is How We Get Free, Black Feminism and the Combahee River Collective, edited by Kianga Yamada-Taylor. The other book I want to talk about today is Kiss Number no. 8 by Colleen A.F. Venable and Ellen T. Crenshaw. This YA graphic novel hit so many notes for me. I want to start with some content warnings for homophobia, transphobia, and slut-shaming. Our protagonist, Amanda, is Catholic. She goes to Catholic high school. She's a junior and she's in school with her best friends, Laura and Kat. Laura is very straight edge, loyal and quiet, and Laura has a younger brother, Adam, who has a crush on Amanda. And then we have Kat, who wears a lot of makeup, rolls her skirt, kisses lots of dudes, and sneaks out to clubs that she's too young for. So fun fact, I went to 13 years of Catholic school, kindergarten, elementary, junior high, and high school, and there is so much about this book that is close to home for me. Catholic high school and American Catholic culture is all, it's a whole thing, right? And being different in any way in this culture has the potential to make you a pariah. Gay, definitely. Trans, absolutely. Wear too much makeup. It's not good. And you only really hang out with other Catholics, especially if you go to Catholic school. And there are things in this book that are so familiar, like the obsession with you know, insert wholesome thing here. Like in this book, it's minor league baseball. And there's also the absurd judging and slut shaming of girls who wear a lot of makeup and kiss dudes, right? So we have Amanda and her two best friends who are as opposite as people can be. And there's a bunch of icky friendship interactions in this book as well. And I remember how hard it was to be a teen girl and be friends with other teen girls 
especially if they didn't like each other, especially when we're told that other girls are competition in some way. And so this book really captures a lot of those interactions and a lot of those feelings. At the beginning of the book, Amanda and her dad and the rest of, you know, the guys are at their weekly minor league baseball game after mass. Amanda's dad gets a call and Amanda overhears him. He's really angry and then makes plans for the following Saturday with with like whoever's on the phone. And Amanda deduces that he must be having an affair, which of course is a huge sin. Fast forward, it's later that week and after school, Amanda's mom gets the mail and finds a piece of mail for Amanda from a person named Dina. And she hides the mail. And this is also the person who was on the phone with the dad. So Amanda's mom hides the mail and doesn't tell Amanda, though Amanda overhears her parents arguing about this Dina person that night. And she's still convinced that her dad is having an affair. We learn that this is not the case. This story unfolds to be a story of self-discovery, as well as learning about family secrets and being seen, accepted, and loved for who you are, and outgrowing friendships that no longer fit you. Like I said, there are a lot of transphobic and homophobic sentiments expressed by some of the characters. Some of them do learn and grow, and some of them do not. Overall, I really like this book and its honesty and complexity about the subjects it talks about. I really recommend it. It's called Kiss Number 8 by Colleen A.F. Venable and Ellen T. Crenshaw. And that's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you so much to our sponsor. And you can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com backslash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist and you want to show us some love, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or nerdy stuff or check in on my shenanigans, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at The Infofile, as in the lover of information, spelled T-H-E-I-N-F-O-P-H-I-L-E. In the meantime, have a safe weekend, drink some water, and happy reading!